two scared siblings. <laughs> Hello. Welcome. Yeah. Get in here. I'm trying. <laughs> My sibling <sighs> is avoiding the closet. I forgot to crawl into the closet. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, in our defense, we're not like all the way in. We're kind of like, we're like tentatively in the closet. It's There's a hard a choice. There's a in my way. I can't get I know. Here. I know you can't. Okay, you know what? You know what? This is just, you ah. are a disaster lady. I'm moving. All right. Okay. 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 Right. Okay, I think we got this worked out. Kay. All right. I'm All in right. ish. Oh, man. <clears throat> oh, man. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Okay, we did it. Success. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a real accomplishment for once. I can tack that down as a first. <laughs> Yeah, all right. So we have stuff. Yeah. Andrea has mm-hmm. more stuff, I, though. I do? I thought your story I mean, was super I mean, you've got stuff, though. Long. It is I long. do. I have oh my some gosh. things. Yeah, we've got, we've got some. We Yeah. We have a gimmick, and that is what we're afraid of this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's the gimmick. Yay. Please pass it on to all your friends. Because we're two scared siblings, so I'm we have to say what we're scared of. Yeah, no, and... Like, to be fair, I am, like, fairly afraid. Yeah. There are a lot of things to be afraid of. I think I, I think this week I'm afraid of the potential of my life ending without have, me having done something I was satisfied with doing. Uh, uh, hello, this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there we go. But not completing all my goals and being on my deathbed and looking back and being like, huh, I rate like a 5 out of 10. Hey, like, this podcast you know, is already an 8 out of 10. Yeah, but there are, like, Ish. several different scales depending on all I want to accomplish in life. So it's, like, on a curve. Oh. And so that skewed it up a little bit. But then, like, <laughs> the, the rest of it, like, skewed it down. Oh. I think that, like, living in Alberta skews it, like, way down. So it's, like, not fair So what if to, we like, do the other eight scales. more podcasts? I mean, if, you know what, if we do eight more podcasts... And in Victoria, that that will skew it right back <laughs> up again. That'll give me a 4.0 in terms of life satisfaction. Okay. Yeah, that's all I want. That's not a 4.0 <laughs> out of 10. Yeah, no, it's a 4.0. Uh, out of 4? G- I would say grade point average, but it's got to be oh. a good point average. Okay. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, you see that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Because that way it can be applied to multiple <laughs> things. See, I passed on a new life skill for you guys. You're welcome. I dislike it. Good point average. I disagree with this it's segment. just vague enough to fit into everything. All right. <laughs> All right. What are you afraid of, though? I'm afraid of Confess. people placing more orders for potpourri. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be a tradition. I bring up something that, like from the depths of my soul, and you're just like, <laughs> I really don't like it when like people short me some change. Like, I just don't. <laughs> no, but I'm with you. On I'm that. tired of Tell buying me. oranges and apples and cranberries. And today I had to buy clothes. Said everyone was scurvy, like <laughs> ever. <laughs> and I had to get cinnamon sticks, so I went to the bulk barn. It's just turning into a lot more Ooh, work than I thought it was going I to be. I love the bulk barn. Yeah. It's a good place. Um, they don't have a good supply of cinnamon sticks right now for some what? reason. Bulk no. barn? I had to buy 12-inch sticks and break them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. You're probably possibly confused. I am making stovetop Christmas potpourri uh, because I, I wanted to buy some and then absolutely nobody else was selling it. So I was like, oh, yeah. I'll make my own. And then my friend Aaron was like, hey, why don't you sell yours? And I was like, Oh, that's a splendid idea. So I posted it on Facebook buy and sell. Yeah. And now I have now all I do is make potpourri. That's it. Yeah, that's true. I wasn't expecting the response that I got. Okay, so I've experienced the potpourri firsthand. It is pretty. It smells fantastic. good. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my report. It it's, was good. It's good. It smells like Christmas. Also, it's very strong. Four point good point average. Yeah, on the potpourri. <laughs> the potpourri yeah. scale of life. Yeah, yeah. See, it can be applied to anything. Yeah, I bet you didn't <laughs> know that this would come in handy. Like, oh. I mean, how else would you have rated your potpourri if not for me? Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have to say. The, yeah, think of where you would have been, Andrea. The rating of making potpourri is a lot lower than 4.0 good point average. Because 
There is suddenly a shortage of cranberries in Cochrane. Okay, well, it's Christmas, so I'm actually not surprised that, like, cranberries and cinnamon are gone, because, those sound like ingredients for a holly jolly time. It also tends to be, like, the time of, the only time of year that they actually stock a lot of it. That's true. So it's like a double-edged sword. Well, in Because they stock more, but then it sells out fast. Yeah, that's I mean, that's true, but, like, Cochrane is also kind of, like, like, they, they also don't often always stock more they're just kind of yeah. like we'll be good there's only like five people that live here so walmart had exactly nothing left when i went yesterday hmm. so i went to no frills and i found some but yeah i don't know it was it was a gamble <laughs> was it the I highway getting, no frills i had i have like a bunch more orders for us this week and i was like oh shit what do i man being <laughs> what do i do a, a potpourri merchant is a hard life <laughs> Is what what we should take away from this. Being a potpourri dealer, it's potpourri risky. Dealer. It's as risky as being like a coke dealer. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm sure some like stay at home moms like would shank you for it, probably. Like <laughs> considering it on Amazon, it's like seventy dollars for fucking dried fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I went to this. Um, I actually delivered to one house last night. I don't usually do, but she lives like 30-second drive away from me. On demand. And I walked in, and her house already smelled like Christmas. I wonder if she – maybe she just like buys everything scented and combines it. She had a whole bunch of candles going. It already smelled like cinnamon. That would be like a lot. I feel like that would be like walking into a lush where you're just like confused. Your nose is like in pain because it doesn't know what to do. Yeah. It was a lot. (laughs) And she bought three bags, so she's clearly just all about making her house smell Christmassy. Weird. But I was like, I don't know if you're going to be able to smell my potpourri over what she already had going on in there. I know. When you pour a little bit of your soul in there, you want it to be appreciated. I just don't want her to be like, I can't smell it. And I'm like, I want a refund. And I'll be like, you can't smell it because you have 8,000 candles burning. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Okay. Well, I mean, like 7,999, so... I couldn't count them all. Her dog was jumping on me. She had a baby husky. Okay, that makes the trip all worth it, though. It was worth it. That's really cute. I love huskies. I'm pretty sure she called him something like Steven, though. (laughs) 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 That's not a good name for a dog. (laughs) I think it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, my car's name is Mortimer. Yeah. But that's more creative. That's more quirky. I was, yeah, I was going to say, like, Ralph or something, but I could see that being a dog's name. I like Steven. That's just, you know what? Yeah, Cut straight to wait. it. Like, it's not even, no bullshit. This no. dog is named Steven. Steven, get away from the door. <laughs> Steven, stop jumping up. And I was like, he's like a like, four month old husky puppy. Is she shouting at her husband or the dog? Like, <laughs> Both. They were both jumping up on me. Yeah. I don't know which one she was talking to. Yeah. Yeah. She just, yeah. I'm thirsty. Named them both the same thing for convenience. <laughs> she was like, I, you get to name your husband, You're right? usually doing the same thing, so I just want to yell one name when I yell at you to stop doing that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's practicality, Steven. Steven, stop hugging the furniture. <laughs> Did she just like combine hubbing, like humping with hugging, like hubbing? No, I just, I choked a little bit on my water. Oh, okay. I was like, cool. You know (laughs) what? This is the new words podcast now. It is. Yeah. It's the potpourri slash dictionary podcast. Yeah. It is. Oh, Mm -hmm. man. We should probably start. I mean, you <laughs> you had something to share. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so today we're doing more Christmassy shit, and mm-hmm. we're also doing a request, uh, which I covered, the Enfield haunting. But first, um, Andrea, you have something else to do with I some do. haunting. Okay, so... Like, yeah. It's a secret cousin haunting story. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, yeah, so she... So the story behind this story, basically... Yep. Is that storyception? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it's about the Prince George Hotel in Kingston, Ontario. Oh. And there's a story that this girl named Lily Hirschmer, who is the daughter of the original builder, and it was built in 1809. So this is an old mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Uh, she fell in love with a sailor. Okay. And her family was really well to do, and they didn't like this choice 
Man, of hers. this always happens. You know, I, I feel that. Whenever I fall in love with a sailor, mom gives me a little bit of a look, too. Maybe she's afraid that you're going to turn into a ghost like this girl did. So uh, <laughs> That's a good way of describing death, is turn into a ghost. <laughs> I didn't die, I just like, transformed. I'm not afraid of you dying, but I'm afraid of you haunting me. Transforming into a ghoul, yeah. <laughs> tell me, tell me about how she... So her family ghosted. hated this, and so they had a signal in place to let the sailor know when the when he could come visit right so one fateful night lily let her signal lamp and then fell asleep waiting for him and the wind that night locked knocked the lantern over and set a fire which killed her fuck 1801 was a living dangerous year with those lanterns okay that's different then this is after they lantern technology had gotten so much better (laughs) (laughs) fire was extra fiery by that year (laughs) <laughs> fire had just become more violent <laughs> we've, we've made advancements in fire <laughs> <laughs> okay um so it burned it burned her like her place to the ground she died yeah she died in the fire there's Actually. another version that's version that says i can't talk tonight um there's another version that says that she would watch for her lover to come from her bedroom window and uh, his ship sank, so she watched him die. Well, that would suck. Yeah. Man. So there's no files to verify her existence. What? But there was a file called the Hertzmer Secret, which Whoa. may or may not have led to answers on family issues and possibly to the existence of Lily. That but the cool. file mysteriously disappeared. Oh, the file mysteriously disappeared. Yeah. Oh, man. Ghost file. So there's sometimes people have... St- reported seeing a ghostly apparition of a young woman seen watching out the window towards the harbor. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's still watching and waiting for her sailor man. I mean, I could see that. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like what every, like, ghost of a young woman does from that period. Like, a lot of guys were just going on boats and, like, ditching. Like, as yeah. you hear about the, like, waiting for their long-lost love to come back from sea a lot, that story yeah. arc, that, that seems to happen a lot. I mean... I- I, the ghosts, or the, the boats back then may <laughs> the not, ghosts <laughs> the ghosts and yeah. the boats, none of them were made very well. <laughs> <laughs> I know, ghost technology has since improved. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, we've got all these high speed ghosts. So our secret cousin, yeah. so she went there, she went to the uh, Turnanog pub, which is oh. in the hotel. Oh, okay. And cool. she... She went and looked around. Yeah. Um, Man, our secret cousin gets up to a lot. Yeah, she was a field researcher for the Ontario Ghosts and Haunting Society. What? We have such a cool secret family member. I know, Man, right? that's like the one like relative I would like to hear about. Mom goes on like our ancestors were priests and farmers as though it's interesting. Mom didn't no, know No, our secret cousin's a ghost buster. <laughs> Shit. Yep. Okay, so what happened? That's what she does. Bust. Ghosts. So cool. she um, she did talk to some of the staff, and this one woman told her that the ghost of Lily haunts not only the third floor but the entire building. And mm, the biggest really? entities that affect the Tirnanog are apparently two men who are malevolent, though. Oh. So it's not even Lily. What? Yeah. Oh, uh, so the lady said that Lily haunts it, but it's not her? Uh, Lily haunts it, but they also have other ghosts. Oh, okay. And apparently two mean man ones nasty men yeah so people have experienced the feeling of being watched and hearing something growling at them men do that a lot so that's fair i mean they're just living their best death yeah yeah and then for a week before new year's eve of 2003 candles in the prince george hotel started lighting themselves according to staff (laughs) they the member the staff members talked to each other about it saying that lily was probably trying to tell them something candles no I don't know why they had a bunch of I was going to say, like, okay. But I don't think they were electric. It's still 1809. Because on New Year's Eve um, of 2003, at 12.04 a.m., so I guess it was 2004. Yeah. The Prince George started to burn. What? Fuck. The fire started on the third floor and is still under investigation. So they can't talk about where it may have come from. And there was no serious injuries. That's good. Um, but now, well, the the hotel was closed. Yeah. For a bit. Oh, only until April. 
till 2004. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not still closed. You can't they get fixed this hotel it. Down. <laughs> it was 15 years ago. So yeah, but yeah. So you can go there and hope that it doesn't burn while you're there. It sounds like it's got like assorted history with candles. Yes, yeah, you know, don't have all the open all fire in this yeah. 1800s, probably all they wood would, building. Yeah, like, I don't I don't understand why a hotel would do that. Like, because, like, you got kids running around and shit, like, you're going to bump, someone's going to bump it. Someone drunk's going to come back for the lobby and, like, fuck that shit up. Oh, and there was this other story that someone told where their lamps kept getting, they stayed in one of the rooms there, and their lamps get kept getting turned on like the two bedside lamps on both okay, either side of the bed. Okay, I was like what are they still using like lamp lamps like No, like <laughs> yeah, like an actual lamps. normal bedside lamp. But, but then oh, this cool. person rolled over to the other side of the bed what? and had like like breathtaking chill come over them. What? And what their guess is is they rolled over into a ghost. Into a ghost who was laying on that oh, the no. other side of the bed. Uh, I yeah. feel so rude. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you feel I, need to apologize? Like, no, shit, I'd be like, "What are you doing in bed with me?" Napping. Ghosts don't nap. Get up. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how do you know what ghosts do and don't do? Man, that sounds kind of. I just don't iffy, feel like they Andrea. should need that rest. Judgy. I mean, without well, a body, it takes a lot out of them knocking over candles. Then don't knock over candles. And then relighting them. And then, then knocking stop, them over. <laughs> stop setting fires. If you're a okay, ghost. well now you're just being unreasonable. You're just asking for like a <laughs> They're lot. They're like, well, what else am I supposed to do? Yeah, like it's got to be kind of boring to be stuck in a hotel forever. Although I kind of like hotels, but wait, I don't want to be stuck in Ontario forever. Never mind. Yeah, I'd be bored too. You gotta light some shit on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially if you're from the 1800s, because then everybody <laughs> else is just less interesting than you are. What really? What? Well. Okay, if I were a ghost and, you know, from now, <laughs> and there was a ghost from the 1800s, I'd be like, hey, I like you. I want to hear all about your ancient old times centuries ago. That makes sense. But they yeah. are like, I'm the oldest ghost here. There is no history more historical than me. There's got to be, though. There's got to be, like, a burial ground from, like, a, a long, long time ago, right? What if the, There's got to be some ghosts that are, like, from further back. Are there any, like, Neanderthal ghosts you can chat with? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I don't know. I haven't asked anybody. I haven't asked any ghosts. No. Well... How many of This you whole story are there? could be faked then. If until I hear it from a ghost. Until I'm you hear it from know. me, right? Yeah, I got my info on the Enfield haunting straight from a ghost you get to do your unfield haunting am i doing it first am yes I, because I, I just told i just spoke forever on, about ghosts on the prince george <laughs> <laughs> all right and we're back from my adventure <laughs> and, and i have one for you audience listeners i'm excited you should be it's this was a request an exciting Enfield poltergeist slash haunting. I mean, yeah, Watch that's out. that's what the poltergeist did. Your leg. I know. I can I can sense cords <laughs> inherently. I'm I'm used to this. I'm used to the cord popping out on me like all the it. time, like waiting to like screw over an entire recording at any moment. Ugh. Yeah, it's terrible. I know. I know. But soon we'll have a new microphone. But in the meantime, we have to deal with this one, like. The Enfield poltergeist had to deal with a house. That's rough. In England. <laughs> oh, Enfield, England. The worst. <laughs> okay, no, the family had to deal with a poster uh, postergeist. Poster. <laughs> <laughs> like a celebrity poltergeist. It's just like saying. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I've got a little brief overview, but then I've got more stuff. Uh, so the Enfield Poltergeist is the name given to supernatural activity at 284 Green Street, a council house in Brimsdown, Enfield, England. So head on over. Yeah, go to Brimsdown. That sounds ominous, like brimstone. I know. England. Stop it. Between So this happened between <laughs> 1977 and 1979. So the original Suspiria had just come out and <clears throat> there were ghosts <laughs> okay. in Enfield. Yeah. Okay. It was a good year. Okay, so this involved two sisters, 
uh, ages 11 and 14, right? So they're pretty young. And the slightly older sister was named Margaret, while the younger was Janet. In August 1977, single parent Peggy Hodgson called police to her rented home in Enfield after two of her four children said that furniture was moving and knocking sounds were heard on the walls. And later on, uh, curse words would also seem to, like, come from the younger sister Janet's mouth, like, as though they that weren't That is words. the last straw. Yeah, she, it turns out she was just swearing, and they're she like, She just hates oh. it. <laughs> yeah. My kid is haunted. She does not swear ever. Yeah, I could see, like, a really conservative parent just being like, this must be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and not, you know, me when I stub my toe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so... I I found, like, this one site, and this is created by, like, fans of the case, like, people who are just really interested in it, and they put this little site together, so a lot of this info is from that. I'm not reading it word for word, but I think you guys should visit this site, and it's, like, enfieldhaunting.co.uk, because it's got a lot of details, and I tried to pick the cream of the crop of details. So, a little bit more about the family. It was uh, Peggy Hodgson, the mother, was 43 years old, and she had been recently divorced. So she was doing, like, she was working really hard to do her best to provide for, like, her four children. Her sons, Johnny and Billy, were the younger ones at 10 and 7 years of age at the time, respectively, with Margaret, 14 years old, and Janet, 11 years old, as their older sisters. Um, Margaret apparently had a reputation for being intelligent, but quiet and reserved. While Janet, in contrast, had more of an outgoing personality. She was lively and enjoyed physical activity, uh, apparently gymnastics, which she was very good at. Uh, that could be relevant later. She was lively, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, she was all into this shit. And Johnny attended a boarding school, so he wasn't really home much, aside from, like, weekends and school holidays. And the youngest, Billy, was considered a fairly normal seven-year-old. Notably, though, he had a severe speech-related disability. The family also wasn't known to be openly religious, but they also didn't, like, hate religion or anything. They just didn't say one thing about it or another. So, yeah. (laughs) I understand that. That's like us. Yeah, I, I, I don't really, like, hate it, I guess. So, <laughs> so while the family wouldn't be described as totally isolated or as, like, outsiders, Peggy Hodgson was too busy caring for her children to be particularly social. However, she had support from two of her neighbors, Vic and Peggy Nottingham, uh, who both, like, who supported her both during, like, before and after the haunting. Like, they helped her out before this shit happened. Mm-hmm. And then as it was happening, they, like, helped her out a little, um... So essentially, this haunting happened to a normal family who lived in a normal home among many other normal English families and homes. Yeah. So were this they, is a very average were they place. Normal? Where'd you get that idea? <laughs> okay, so they're freaks who live in a freaky house and among other religion. freaky people with freaky houses. <laughs> That'd be a good story. <laughs> it like, sounds like Dr. They Seuss. were all freaks and we were all expecting this to happen. Freaky houses. <laughs> I just like the idea of all the houses being weird too. It's like a like a Tim Burton movie. Like, and then uh, the kids start swearing. Yeah. Lost. Glasses. <laughs> and, 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 and she's just like, oh, none of that. It must be a demon. <laughs> yeah. That's what they sounded like in like the seventies too in England, right? I uh, yeah. I, I keep forgetting this is not like in the eighteen hundreds. Yeah. (laughs) I was negative eight years old. That's a good age. When I heard about this story. I like that. That's like eight (laughs) years until impending disaster, really. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like, the haunting then began. Peggy Hodgson was putting her children to bed one night at the end of August 1977 before she went downstairs to rest, and that's when the noises started. Blast! Yeah, that noise. (laughs) <laughs> that exact noise. She just shouts a lot, and it startles her. Um, so she heard a loud crash from upstairs, and at first she was, like, kind of pissed off. Like, she was thinking that her children had, like, disobeyed her and were not in bed and were, like, probably fucking shit up, making crash noises. So she walked up, or blast. That's a safe assumption. Yeah. That is. <laughs> or they were cursing. Yeah. So, like, she walked upstairs to the bedroom that Janet and Johnny shared, and she began to scold them for being awake and loud probably but janet the youngest girl kept insisting that the beds in the room were shaking oh so 
like right as she said that basically like just then peggy and the children heard knocking sounds on the walls and a chest of drawers also moved over a foot across the room right in front of the family members present uh peggy and her children have said that there is no reasonable explanation for what they saw like because i mean there are some like reasonable chest of drawer movings well yeah as opposed to um, completely unreasonable they just don't want to be where they are <laughs> this was clearly not the case yeah this is a very no, happy was, chest of drawers a... <laughs> and well well balanced had a good home <laughs> yeah so after seeing this shit go down a very freaked out peggy called on both her neighbors and the police for help and two constables were dispatched to the home however vic uh one of the neighbors was the first to search the home he went in there and he could see that there were no intruders and was as confused as Peggy about, like, the inexplicable sounds and the moving furniture that the family had seen. And soon after Vic had checked the place out, the police arrived and conducted their own search. Um, one of the constables stated on record that she had witnessed the movement of a chair and seen it, and this in, like, quotes, this is what she said, like, wobble and slide. This is a wobbly, slidey chair. Wobbly, slidey. That's the worst kind of chair. <laughs> I don't know. I like a little adventure with my seating. Nope. I like mine with wheels. I like my chairs glidey. Slide glidey. and glide is no. very similar. No, it's very different. <laughs> <laughs> one is a sign of unreasonable behavior in chairs. <laughs> and, and one is just is convenient. Great. Yeah. So this, because this was not related to any criminal activity, the police, like, they couldn't really do anything about it. So during the following days, the Hodgson family continued to experience similar strange phenomena. Furniture would move around, a sort of knocking was heard through the walls, ceilings, and floors, and objects would just be like flung through the air without having been touched. So figuring that she needed more help, because uh, bad things were happening, and the police were like, mm, you're on your own, Peggy. <laughs> she ended up calling the news media. Yep. So she contacted the Daily Mirror. Which skeptics have criticized her for doing, right? Like, Is that like the National Enquirer? I don't know. That no. may be. I mean, it sounds like it. I just kind of assume everything with Daily in front of it's like a bad sign. But like, yeah. I don't Probably. know, right? Like, a lot of skeptics of this whole case have said like, why'd you do that? Why didn't you call a priest? Which I think is a really funny thing because to like she compare wasn't it to. Religious. Yeah, and like how is calling the media like less logical than calling a priest exactly? Like I don't know. It just seems interesting that they're yeah. like, why didn't you do the reasonable, logical science person thing and call the church? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's just interesting, but like, okay. So a lot of skeptics said that shit. And like after she called them, eventually a reporter from the Daily Mirror named Douglas Bentz and a photographer named Graham Morris did arrive at the Hodgson home on September 4th, 1977. And they waited to see if anything would happen, but everything was, like, still and normal, so they were just about to leave when Morris, the photographer, was hit in the forehead with a Lego. Ouch! It was a hard hit, too, as he stated there was a bruise there for days after he'd been to the house. Oh. Thanks for the sound effect. That's probably what, <laughs> that's probably what he said. I just wanted to put myself in his shoes. Yeah, no, you brought life to that. And it, Being hit it in the hurt. forehead with a Lego would be bad. Yeah. I don't know. I guess stepping on a Lego is worse. Probably worse than anything else that could possibly happen to you. I don't know. There are a lot of things that Lego could do to you that are pretty bad. Yeah, when you walk on it. Yeah, that's like, because you're not expecting it. You're all, rela- <laughs> your foot's relaxed and like ready for a good time meeting the floor like normal. And then, shit, there's a Lego there and it's whole, like your foot's whole world is just changed after that. It's definitely hard changed to after adjust that. to. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a traumatic event for the foot, I think. We're doing a lot of anthropomorphizing on this, like, <laughs> on this episode, which I guess is fair. What was a, that a Lego thinking? It's like a human trait. God. Yeah. <laughs> Can you anthropomorphize what's already a human body part? Like This microphone's looking at me funny. <laughs> okay. Well, that that's probably true. I don't know. This, I feel like this microphone does kind of have it out for us. Uh, judgy. So, like, after this poor photographer guy just got bruised to shit right on his face, um, on September 7th, 1977, a senior reporter named George Fallows and a photographer named, named David Thorpe arrived at the Hodgson home to check it out, too. Now, they're apparently, like, there are, like, no readily available reports of exactly what these journalists witnessed in the house but whatever it was it caused them to enlist the help of the society for psychical research 
That like, still makes it, it more sense than It was really church. bad. They didn't talk about it. Oh. Some, whatever these two guys saw was like, they are like, okay, we can't help you. Call call the psychics. Like, they're freaked out. Was it more flying Lego? That would be hilarious. I guess we'll never know. Maybe it was like two Lego this time. Oh, that'd that's be, that terrifying. That would be pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, I, I just like to think, like, if this was a hoax and, like, the Lego thing happened, like, the little girl just, like, whapped a Lego at someone's face. <laughs> like, I just like to picture I that. Like, hate you. I didn't throw that. It was ghosts. She's just like <laughs> holding two other pieces at the ready. Like, she was like, I really, that, yeah. And I promise it wasn't me. But bam. Yeah. She just tosses a few. All right. So, yeah. This, the society was called, and like Maurice Gross, a it's successful. A name. I mean, it might be gross. It might be gross. It's. And Maurice, Maurice Gross, that's rude and mean to name your child. (laughs) Crazy old Maurice. (laughs) No. A successful, he was a successful (laughs) inventor, so he was like a respectable man. It's the same as crazy old Maurice. Oh my gosh. Is it the same guy? Well, fuck. I think we Beauty have a new Beauty and the Beast and Field Haunting Cross, so we're... (laughs) It's my favorite AU. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's really... I'm losing what the all fuck? blood I didn't to my even, extremities. Like, me too. Okay. Ghost extremities. As long as you're in the same boat. I am. I need to like a shift to my little wee ankles. I'm, to I'm fix, weirdly to fix perched the pain. as well. Yeah, so you can picture us. We're both just like like perched over this microphone like birds of prey this about to like into swallow it. strange yoga poses. I mean, I guess. I, like I really want to extend my right leg out behind me and I go into like feel... a Superman pose. That would be more comfortable than what this is like. I just need to get more blood into my leg. I know, I know, I know, I know. But first, first you have to hear about some hauntings. Okay. Okay. So Maurice got there. the The inventor guy, Bell's dad. Um, <laughs> he was the investigator the society sent to conduct paranormal research on the case. His relationship with the family is said to have developed into a warm, affectionate one. Because, like, and this is sad. He had lost a daughter in a motorcycle accident. In a kidnapping by a beast. I mean, he the, she really died. Actually, says. <laughs> yeah, motorcycles, beasts. <laughs> they. Oh. I get them confused, but like the yeah, the sad. sad part about it, yeah, he <laughs> lost a daughter in a motorcycle accident, and her name, like the younger Hodgson girls, was Janet. Mm-hmm. So he got he ended up being really close with with this Janet, with the young girl Janet. Aww. Yeah. So since her death, he claimed up until his own death in two thousand six that he'd experienced strange, possibly paranormal occurrences in the months following the accident with his daughter. So he might have had the right convictions and sensitivity for this job. Yeah. But yeah, no, man. He's obviously open to it, right? Man, his life is like a weird, like, true grit version of, like, Beauty and the Beast a little bit. Except, I guess, the paranormal, like, activity has been, there was that out of whack a little. Were there ghosts in, like... (laughs) No, but there was moving furniture. Oh, okay, Uh shit. Everything's coming together. This is an enchanted house. Right? I'm I'm sure like there are a lot of enchanted 70s style rentals. Did Peggy in turn away a beautiful sorceress who was disguised as a hag? <laughs> she got cursed with a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't seem like an apt punishment somehow. <laughs> like, this'll show you for not looking past like appearances. <laughs> a poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful story of acceptance. That's really funny. Like I'm dying. I know. I know. I think like losing crying. blood like happens. It's like since our since our limbs have started falling off, we've learned to laugh at everything cuz you have to laugh or you'll cry and that's just or, life. And your blood will stop pumping. <laughs> yeah, this is how we go. keep our circulation moving. So the investigation is actually this is like interesting. This whole case like is so cool. Like the movie, um, The Conjuring was actually based off of this apparently. Uh, oh, okay, because I was going to ask about Poltergeist, but I think that was based on <clears throat> another haunting. Yeah, Poltergeist wasn't. Poltergeist, I think, came out before this. Happened. Yeah, I think it was based on something, but it wasn't this. Yeah, so like, uh, <laughs> Maurice was at the Hodgson house for three days at first, and during that time, he and Peggy took notes on all that occurred, and the press was often present as well. 
So, like, according to their notes, door chimes would swing unaided, marbles flew through the air but didn't roll when they landed, furniture moved, uh, doors and drawers opened, and silverware, and this in quotes, jumped. So, shit, this is Beauty and the Beast. R. Guest! Be our guest! <laughs> God. Shit. I didn't see any of these clues when I was writing this out. Uh, this isn't fair to me to, like, <laughs> land this on me so suddenly. So, like, many of the reporters who were present to witness these oddities would go on to openly confirm the events. Like, a lot of them, some of them didn't corroborate it, but a lot did. Like, a lot were, you know, even when it wouldn't benefit them afterwards, were just saying, yeah, this shit happened. Hmm. So, like, the haunting ended up being too much for Maurice to handle alone. So he called in another investigator called Guy Leon Playfair, who was more precisely familiar with the paranormal, to help him conduct, like, a really thorough investigation. Like, gloves are off. <laughs> okay. They're gonna get this poltergeist. All right, down so... Down and dirty. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Very down and dirty. So, like, a more comprehensive list of events were recorded on tapes and paper, because, like, anything else the investigators could could think of because they were like really determined to figure this out yeah <clears throat> so there's like there's video and audio and stuff that you can find online of this and like a lot of the notes were lost a lot of documents were lost but like this whole thing was documented from like top to bottom by these people and the press too so like in total the investigators visited the house 180 times and they stayed for full overnight visits for 25 days Jeez. Yep. So th they were serious. So in addition to what was mentioned above, and this is like not even a full list of all that happened in this house, uh, toys would be violently thrown across the room by an unseeable force and would be hot to the touch when they landed. Plumbing was able to be fully ruled out as the source of the knocking throughout the house. So that was very much not it. A built-in fireplace frame was moved from the wall, but the frame was made of iron. Oh. The uh, bathroom door opened and closed on its own, which is a classic. Thanks, poltergeist. Metal spoons were mysteriously twisted and bent. Off and often accompanying the knocking and banging was the sound of footsteps. Electronics would suddenly fail to work. And this is gross. Excrement Ew. would randomly appear in the house. Yeah, so like no, shit no would poo. just randomly appear in the house. Yeah, which is mm -mm. gross. And that obviously, any of those things, I guess, could have been not any of those things. But, like, the excrement could be done by kids. But, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like a weird thing to do, right? Yeah. So, like, it just sounds really gross. Like, why would a poltergeist do that, too, though? Like, I don't know. It's nasty. So, like, matches would light by themselves and start random inexplicable fires, which would really suck. And finally, water would appear where there was no source for it to have possibly come from. So picture, like, a, just a wellspring coming up from this floor right now, right? Oh. Like, it'd be creepy. Yeah, that, like, yeah. puddles appearing. Yeah, like, just no water reason. coming from nowhere, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, witnesses who weren't at all associated with the family <laughs> also came forward with their own convictions. I think these were some of the reporters. Uh, one witness named Hazel Short stated that she'd seen Janet levitating repeatedly through the window, like, when she'd been standing outside the home. And then she'd seen several books, like, hit the window. And then, like, just afterwards, she saw Janet again because she kept watching the window. And this time, uh, Janet was levitating up and down from her bed as though her body was being tossed up and down. And that oh. was, that's in quotes. Like, so that's, that's what they like think. So that's more like being thrown. Yeah, like being tossed up and down on the bed. Oh. Yeah, but like... Did she wake up? I'm, I don't know. I mean... I think that would wake me up. I, this is a, a little bit interesting happens later, too. Like, um, so George Fallows, a senior reporter, he also witnessed the strange things in the house, but he claimed it could be trickery, so he wasn't sure. Um, I think he thought it was bullshit. Like, <laughs> he, was also, he also stated, though, that the house did have a general feeling of confusion and hysteria. Yeah. Um, in December 1977, some present claimed that the poltergeist had spoken through Janet using her voice. But it's difficult to determine whether these are authentic, and you can find these on the internet. Like, her voice is gravelly and rough, but they think it could have been faked. Although they did test for this. Like, um, they tested her against a bunch of other kids, like, to do that exact uh, vocal movement, mm -hmm. which, like, a vocal therapist had, like, narrowed down. And, like, they all got sore throats except for Janet. Um. And there was something with a ventriloquist and, like, water in her mouth, too, where she could speak even though her mouth was full of water. That's yep. creepy. Yeah. So they did test these things. Kids are creepy. <clears throat> yep. I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> poltergeists could also 
be the eerie source of the story. No, but this is clearly very, uh, very Andrea's much like the most problem. horrific thing I've heard so far is that <laughs> there was an 11 year old present. Like, <laughs> so, like, they kind of figured out, well, I mean, this is who they claim the poltergeist was. Like, the poltergeist's former self could have been that of Bill Wilkins. Uh, which is who Janet claimed it was while she was possessed like this, like when her voice went like that. During these specific events, Janet's voice was not all that changed. However, her language would become foul, and she could also talk about things that she couldn't have had knowledge of. Blast! Yeah, she had no knowledge of that, I'm sure. In In one recording, Janet also spoke while possessed and said, My name is Bill. Just before I died, I went blind, and then I had a hemorrhage, and I fell asleep and died in the chair in the corner downstairs. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Because that sounds pretty realistic, and like, how many yeah. 11-year-olds know the word hemorrhage? Like, None. And would make that up specifically as a death. Like, I would have gone, like, full ham with it as an 11-year-old. I'm like, I tripped and fell into, like, a pool of knives. Like, <laughs> So yeah, I would, like, get a brain aneurysm. <clears throat> yep. Yeah, fell asleep and died. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's it started it bleeding, like, then just very... went to sleep and bled out inside Yeah, like internally. a normal... Yeah, it's a very normal kind death. Of natural death. Yeah. There's also a famous photograph that you can find, too, of Janet being thrown around the room by some bizarre, apparently invisible force. And the adult Janet herself, though she has confessed to faking a few events, like, the interesting part, though, like, she confessed, but she said, but we only faked about 2% of them total. Um, that happened at the house like she's firmly maintained that she felt physical effects of this haunting and that these things were real except for two percent of them (laughs) why did they fake two percent of them well that's like her just saying you know we did fake some of it but like barely any of it the why they bother to fake it if like attention their kind of stuff oh okay probably attention like they probably were like the poltergeist you know that would have been unreliable so if the media was watching they wanted to like feel interesting or something but like the poltergeist wasn't up to anything at the or, like, time they might have just done something seriously yeah like it could have been any number of things a kid right yeah like there is evidence that she did fake things for sure but like why would why would you confess to faking some but not all really like you might as well she's 45 now right like mm-hmm. or so, around that yeah so there's that famous photograph although a lot of people have argued it could just be her jumping on the bed she's good at gymnastics and like oh. she could jump high right yeah or like jump around probably However, like, an interesting thing, too, is that paranormal investigators from, like, other countries, like, there are two in the States and, like, various parts of the world, Mm -hmm. have also come forward to confirm their belief in the legitimacy of this haunting. So, like, a lot of people feel like this is classic and that this is, yeah. Yeah. Like, this sounds about right. Yeah, so that's the Enfield haunting. There are more details on that site I mentioned. So, like, yeah. Okay. Go to uh, enfieldhaunting.co.uk. That was interesting. <clears throat> my throat is dying. Should we go for a smoke so that we can destroy it? <laughs> so I can fix it with nicotine in yes. tar? Yes. Precisely. You know what? It'll stop hurting <laughs> if I just coat the cancer with like a nice lubricating layer of tar. It'll be fine. Right. Yeah. Coat All right. the cancer with a more gentle layer of cancer. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. Yep. Break time. I have to get blood in my legs. <clears throat> Me too. And clean a smoke. Yeah. All right. Andrea has an interesting and horrifying tale, as get... she just told me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. The, just to bring us all back down from that fun haunting. Yeah. Now <clears throat> for something horribly depressing. And yeah. Very yeah. much a bummer. Yeah. Like all Christmas stories. Yeah. This, is, right. this is a Christmas story. Yeah. As you can tell. It's a Christmas murder. <laughs> it's the 2010 murder of Christy Bamu. Okay. I didn't he, hear about this. No, I hadn't either. Okay. Yeah. All right. What what happened to poor Christy? <clears throat> okay. So Christy was a 15-year-old boy. Oh. This was a four-day ordeal. Oh, no. Basically, he was murdered by his sister, Magali, what? who was 29, and what? her partner, Eric Bikubi, who was 28. What? Yeah. What? That's, that's horrible. That's his big sister. Yeah. Yeah, by like a lot. Like almost <laughs> I know. like double his age. Yeah. Weird. Okay. So he had come to London with two brothers and two sisters from their home in Paris to visit Megali during the Christmas holiday in 2010. Yeah. So there were six siblings. There. Oh, wow. Right? There's Megali and yeah. Christy and then there's two more brothers, two more sisters. Okay. <clears throat> Jeez. 
um, basically they came and they were, I think they were staying with Magali. Yeah. And Eric, her boyfriend, turned on them all, accusing them of bringing Kindoki into his home, which is like voodoo witchcraft. What? Really? Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, Basically what he did was he forced them to pray for deliverance for three days and nights with no food or water. Oh, my goodness. Because he thought, yeah, that... Oh, no. They were, he thought that they all were practicing witchcraft, right? What? Yeah. That's really strange. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, so the two sisters, other than Magali, yeah. um, they were 20 and 11, and they were beaten along with Christy. Oh, my God. But they escaped further attacks after confessing to being witches. Oh, my God. Yeah, so like he just he held a little, like, Salem witch trial in his, like, this house. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously, I, you know, if you're being tortured for, like, days and you probably would confess, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Christy was singled out because he ended up wetting his pants at one point. Oh, poor guy. Probably because he was fucking terrified. terrified. Yeah. Yeah. So basically Eric thought that – Eric and Megali, I think, thought that he was practicing witchcraft on another child in the family. What? And that's why they – he was – he was like targeted they specifically. Were make, yeah, and they this is why they like did the whole deliverance ceremony. It's a ceremony basically that's supposed to like cleanse you of your witchcrafty ways or something. <laughs> yeah. I always feel a little less witchcrafty after a good shower. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So he was struck in the mouth with a heavy bar and hammer. <sighs> His teeth were knocked out. Oh my god. He was attacked with knives, sticks, metal bars, and a hammer and chisel. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, um, so this wasn't he of the moment. This guy, like, kept going to pick up new weapons, apparently. Yeah, that, well, this was over four days. Like, oh he was just God. tortured and beaten poor for four days. Old. Uh, this God. He had ceramic floor tiles and glass bottles smashed on his head, and oh. pliers were used to twist his ear. So they're just <clears throat> completely torturing him. Yeah. I don't know what. What the fuck? If this is like part of a ceremony. How can you justify that? Yeah. I don't think it is. Like I think you're supposed to pray and yeah, maybe pray fast, and fast. It sounds probably, like. Probably like forced starvation, forced confession. But like yeah. twisting ears with pliers doesn't sound traditional. That sounds more like just punishment. That sounds like just evil. Yeah. So the other siblings um, like – so there were two brothers, more brothers as well. Yeah. One was a 13-year-old boy and then oh. the other one was a 22-year-old man who was autistic Oh, no. And they were forced to join the torture. Oh, like forced to enact it? or Yeah, like forced to torture Christy. Oh, no. I don't know what they did exactly, but like they did some of the beating, but only because they were forced to. Yeah, probably under like threat of death. Yeah. Eric had told some of the siblings to jump out the window to see if they could fly. What? At one point. Yeah, like he was just totally He's screwing nuts. with them. What the fuck? And then, obviously, the siblings, they looked to their older sister, Megali, to save them. Yeah. But she actually encouraged Eric and beat Christy until he confessed. But even after he confessed, like, they didn't stop. What the fuck? So I don't know what the hell. No, they just, they're just fucking evil. They just want yeah. to kill this poor teenage boy. When the sisters confessed, they were allowed to stop. But, um, or like, they, they stopped being beaten. Yeah. But, obviously, they thought Christy was practicing some extra witchcraft on this other family member and... And it just really escalated on Yeah, Christy. so he was just, they were, yeah. Oh, no. Um. So the 20, so one of the sisters that, w- that was 20 at the time and his 21 when she said this in court, she said, quote, They asked if we were witches. I repeated again and again that we were not witches. I did not know what was going on in their minds. They decided we had come there to kill them. Christy asked for forgiveness. He asked again and again. Oh. Magali did absolutely nothing. She didn't give a damn. She said we deserved it. She called Magali an idiot and then said, I am sure she still believes even to this day that we are witches. I have no pity for her. She had no pity for us. That's how I'd feel. Yeah. Yeah, she sounds like an absolute murderous piece of shit, so. Yeah. Uh, at the end of this this four-day ordeal, all of the siblings were placed in a bath to be hosed down in cold water with a shower head. Okay. So when Christy was placed in a tub, um, his last words were, I just want to die now. Oh. And then he slipped under the water in the bath. Oh. Eric uh, finally realized that Christy wasn't moving when he stopped 
like whatever he was doing, more torture probably. And he pulled Christy from the water, but it was too late. Christy had died from being beaten and drowning. Yeah, the internal injuries this poor kid must have sustained over these days. Yeah, and then those other kids had no option to do it. Like, they had to do as they were told, or they they would have been beaten the same way. Oh, yeah, yeah, the ones that were coerced into doing it too. Yeah, Yeah, no. As Christie's injuries became more severe, he pleaded to be allowed to die. And then he was too badly injured to resist being put in the tub or to keep his head above the water. You'd think, like, if you wanted to prevent someone from dying, you wouldn't, like, just let them slip under there. Like I know. I'm sure he'll be coming back up any minute now. Like, we'll give him some time. Like, what? (laughs) What is going on? Like, were they doing drugs? Like... No, like there's nothing mentioned about that. Like this it's just literally weird, just like, this weird belief that they had that they were that this practicing witchcraft. Yeah. But the other siblings didn't think that. So it's no obviously kidding. just something that Megali and her heads. her partner, yeah. Megali and Eric, um, <sighs> came up with. Great. Uh, several car- calls were made during their four-day ordeal to the children's parents in Paris, but they did not realize what was happening. Oh. Eric admitted manslaughter on the grounds of diminished responsibility <laughs> caused by brain damage, but this was rejected. Good. Fuck him. Yeah. He also pleaded guilty to two counts of causing actual bodily harm to the girls. Magali denied the assaults, but was found guilty. Good. And then Detective Inspector Paul Maddox said later, it's an almost unprecedented scenario where siblings are murdering another sibling. Yeah, we don't get many cases like that. We don't hear no, that a lot. No, it's r- rare, I think. Yeah. The family have been very positive. They've pulled together remarkably well. So the family of the murdered teenager said they had forgiven his his killers. Um, what? They, they were, like, really forthcoming with the police and everything in, in helping them, like, uh, convict them. Yeah. But they did eventually forgive them. This is in, like, I think 2012. Right. That this case, that the that court this, like, thing happened. Oh, yeah, the trial statement. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A family statement read out in court by prosecutor Brian Altman said, We will never forget, but to put our lives back into sync, we must forgive. We take no comfort in the verdicts. We have been robbed of a beloved son, a daughter, a son-in-law. Christy died in unimaginable circumstances at the hands of people who he loved and trusted people who we all loved and trusted so oh like in this goodness. this whole thing they've lost their daughter too because she's the crazy person that yeah so she's in jail him. now and obviously and then their son the girl they knew yeah well god eric talk about like who sounds like the real i don't know i mean i mean megaly has a lot of responsibility in this lot. but like yeah it sounds like he definitely did a number on her or something like it's something to do with like that way of thinking that they had together. Yeah, like they... You've heard of the term folie de... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. But I think, like, cause it usually yeah. starts with one person Feeding believing something. Yeah. And then managing to pull another person into it. And I think yeah, it like started with Eric. And then yeah. it, he managed to pull Magali into it. Yeah, because it sounds like the, this was out of nowhere, like, according to the family members. It doesn't sound like this was yeah, the girl Yeah, it doesn't knew. sound like it was a family belief at all. No, or, so, like, in character for Magali, like. No. Uh, the defense had argued Bikubi, who is Eric, was mentally ill when he carried out the killing, with a scan of his brain showing lesions which probably contributed to an abnormal mental state. But the prosecution rejected this idea, or rejected this as a plea to reduce the charge against him. Good. During her defense, Megali Bamu told the jury Eric had forced her to join in on the attack on the children. Mm, and that was not true. Not really, no. Not entirely. Like, even if not someone, entirely. like, got you to share the delusion, like, she encouraged it. So, like, there is a point where you could, you know, get sucked into something but then stop doing it. And yeah. not also actively it perpetuate it. And if she had resisted that hard, the other children would have been like, yeah, no, Megali was totally trying to stop it. Like, they yeah, would no, be like... Yeah, no, of course. They would be like, yeah, no, send our sister horrible. to jail. Like, <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but the court heard there was ample evidence to show that she hit Christy and stoked the fire of violence Eric had embarked on in the flat. Ugh. Oh, my goodness. Like we just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, our theory apparently was, yeah, the court's theory as well. That yeah. sounds about... Accurate. I'm glad they're both in jail. Me too. Oh, like, about these brain thing. lesions. Like, about these brain lesions. Like, I don't know. A lot of people have brain damage and don't 
spend four days torturing their entire family-in-law. Exactly. But, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends. It is one of those I common things it. to, like, serial killers and stuff. Yeah, but, like, like damage to the If he lobe. always had these brain lesions... Why didn't this show up before? Yeah. Yeah, like, why hadn't... Like, had he done anything violent before? Like, I mean, I guess maybe he could have and... Maybe he did, They know. just don't know. But... Yeah, like, it's hard to say, right? Like, mm. I don't know. Man, if I were part of that family, I'd be, like, sorely regretting my sister ever having met this man. Like... Yeah. Yeah, it's depressing. Yeah, that must yeah. have been so terrifying for that poor kid. So both of our stories took place in the UK. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're branching out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Horrible things happen in in other in countries too. too. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. A lot of things Which happen in it. Europe. Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> what happens in Europe stays in Europe. <laughs> Which is same. a lot because it's a continent. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's that story. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to kick off some Christmas cheer. Merry Christmas. Yeah, so this all happened Christmas. Yeah, that's that's how this is yeah. Christmas related. Like, I think he actually yeah. died on Christmas Day. Oh, my God. But obviously, God. If, it was a four-day or- ordeal. That's um, so sad. Yeah, it was all four days leading up. This poor teenager. I know. God, I can't even imagine, like... No. Like, when you're a teen, like, the worst things that you expect to happen to you are more, like interpersonal dramas and like people being like emotionally abusive but like not being tortured for four days on end until killed well especially by your big sister like with yeah, that big of an age to be your safe space yeah with, with that, that big difference. of an age difference you would think that she would have been kind of like protective a motherly figure yeah and even though she wasn't protective he probably looked to her that way and like was yeah like, he might have right yeah. Like shocked by this, like it'd be like having be a young like, mom who turned on you. Did that, yeah. yeah, like without having shown any sign of doing that before. Yeah, like just suddenly, like that'd yeah. be really fucking scary. Oh, Ugh. oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad they're in jail. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they I'm were glad they were convicted, convicted fully and yeah. everything. Yeah, good. good. Thank God. Yeah, thank goodness. Like, ugh. Ugh. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Is there something we can? Yeah, I was like, what's a cheery thing that we can think about? <laughs> I, know, like... I was like, I can't think of. Uh, um. Hmm. 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 <laughs> I God know this is a tough it. one. Uh, my cat's being cute. Danny's it's... sleeping on the bed. You should yeah. talk about dandelion's fear. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Dandelion's fear. Because... It's Andrea. Yeah. It's... <laughs> yeah. God damn yeah, it. Yeah, that's her fear of the week and also all other weeks. <laughs> every week I'm here. Yeah, every time you're here. Okay, so my cats have had time to get used to Andrea. Yeah, because I've been here a time. lot podcasting and then editing. She also and, used to live with them. And I, I did live with them years yeah. ago. And then also I was here a lot more when I was, like, we were doing statistics together. And... Yeah, like, I know, you were here. They they know who you are. They're just still wary of you. If they didn't know who you were, they'd actually be hiding. Like, they'd hide under about. the covers. They're very timid. They're very sweet. Like, they will never, they've never ever hissed or lashed out at anyone ever. They just get, like, nervous. They're nervous I little kids. it's because I smooch them too much. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's inexplicable, but then I, like, it's I think for two seconds. It's probably because she holds them down, like, smothers them with love. Sugar, and like my cats like that. I mean, they don't. <laughs> I mean, like, that's debatable. Really, but they're used to it, and they think it's normal. <laughs> Those poor cats. They're used to being snuggled they within are. an inch Sugar of their life. Comes and lays on my lap after that. Like she'll yeah. cry and run away, and then she's like, "Now I have to go back." And she comes and sits on yeah, my lap. Yeah, never mind. That was actually a lot of fun. I just wanted to complain about something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, cats are. Like that. That's sugar. That's sugar's personality. Like, yeah. Like right away. I don't know. Yeah. They're well suited to you. Like our cats are well suited to each other. They oh are. man. Yeah. We should post pictures of them some point in time. Mm-hmm. Christmas pictures. I need to get sweaters for my cats. Yes, you do. Little little kitty Christmas sweaters. Aww. Yes. You so get them that's something store. to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm gonna do that. Yeah. We're everywhere. All right. So we promise you that. Yeah. We we are. Absolutely everywhere online. iTunes. We are now on YouTube. Yeah, check us out. Oh, and a special thanks to our patrons who will be listed in the description. Yes, thank yes. you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. We and love you. There'll be some bonus content coming up soon for the five dollar tier. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Before end the, the end of the month. Yeah. Mm. So that'll be like our Boxing Day present to you. Yeah. That's Boxing well, Day. It'll be after holiday. Boxing Day. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Boxing Week present. 
You know what? I need to be cheered up during Boxing Week. Yeah, so I know. So maybe this like will help people. Post Christmas bummers. <laughs> well, yeah, and also I hate Boxing Week. It's like unbridled capitalism, just like spitting in my eyeballs. Like it's just horrible. Yeah. And it's like exhausting. Like people like drive over their mother's corpse to get to a mall. I swear. Like, I don't go to a mall. I do my Boxing God, Week shopping no. online. Yeah, because that makes sense. You're yeah. safe. You won't trample any old ladies. I hate trampling people. <laughs> it's really, it's a it rough ride. It makes your shoes sticky. Yeah. yeah. I have to buy new you're shoes. you're like, ugh, post-trample shoes. I really should just buy a pair for this. Yeah, you do. Like you a need a special pair. pair. Yeah. yeah. They're similar to like swim shoes. Yeah. Off-brand Uggs <laughs> are the best. Off-brand Uggs. <laughs> uh, I mean, that could be like... It sounds like a garage band name at this point in time because, oh. like, they've, like hey, they've been around. Right? You want to start a band? Off brand Uggs. Yes. It's so promising. It's We're already off too to late. A great That's our start. name already. You can't yeah. change it. No, I know. Mm-hmm. Names are unchangeable things that we have no power <laughs> over. This is a universal <laughs> constant. Yeah. So, um, yeah, follow us everywhere because we're all over yeah. social media. And review on That's iTunes. That's where we live. We like yeah. reviews on iTunes. Yeah, reviews on iTunes will help like boost the podcast, and it's just a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's nice to hear. It and it's free to feedback. download there, so like, yeah. And well. email us. Yes, email us at two scared siblings at gmail with your own personal horrific Christmas stories and other horrific things, because life is just a ball of terror. It is. Yeah, and we've set out to prove that happy little fact. I think each you're doing week. okay with that. Like, it's not hard. No. No. I mean, okay. <laughs> wow, you just type like one word into the search bar and you can come up with like 18 murder stories and. <laughs> That's true. That's true. This yeah. is not. Uh, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe this world needs to change slightly. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, but if it did, we could. Theoretically, run out of content. Nah, I don't know. I think that we we'll just we switch to like the the not afraid anymore siblings. The confident siblings. (laughs) (laughs) The slightly outgoing, less than timid siblings. (laughs) It's catchy. So yeah, email us, and we'll see you soon for more nasty, nasty shit. Mm -hmm. We're doing more Christmas stuff next episode because next episode is Christmas week. Yeah. 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 So like the Christmas just keeps going. Yay. You're I love Christmas. Welcome. Yes. All right. Well, that's it then. That's it. Okay. Sleep well. Goodbye. <laughs>